Welcome to the Wrestling Philosophy Show, where we discuss unique perspectives and beliefs on the sport of wrestling. Give us a follow or subscribe on various social media platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the show. So glad to have Coach Barnett and Coach Miser on. We actually recorded this a few months ago, but I thought it was more fitting to release this now that the offseason is here and they talk about the offseason work you put in to get recruited. They both have some great takes, you know, former college wrestlers themselves and now coaches. I hope you guys enjoy this show. Thank you, Zach and Jason. Joined today with Coach Barnett and Coach Miser. What's going on, fellas? What's up, man? How are you? Good, good. Uh, been trying to get both you on separately and then uh, came across a little Twitter chat. And I was like, man, it'd be good to get both these guys on and discuss some some ideas and philosophies on the sport or debate or whatever you want to call it. So uh, for our listeners, uh, Jason, can you tell the listeners a little, little bit about yourself? Uh, well, uh, I grew up in central Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, went to St. Francis de Sales. I went to Ohio State University to wrestle, went to Iowa Central University to wrestle uh, after some things happened at Ohio State. Um, but four-time placer, three-time finalist, two-time champ in high school, now just trying to give back to the kids and uh, get kids in better situations. Right. And uh, so you're at Kaufman and uh, started Beast Mode Wrestling Club, right? Central Ohio also, correct? Yeah. Yep, at Kaufman High School. Shout out to Coach Van Gundy, Schlegel, Caleb, Jeremiah Weber, Coach Nadeau. Um, yeah, we're doing pretty good things over there right now. And then Beast Mode's been going strong for the last five years. And we're just trying to keep that train rolling a little bit. Nice, nice. Uh, Coach Miser, what's going on? Fill, fill our listeners in a little bit. Um, I went to uh, Maslin Perry High School. Um, unlike Jason, I, I wasn't a two-time state champ. I made the finals once. Um, and then I ended up going to Heidelberg um, and then I wrestled there for four years and was a three-time um, qualifier um, and I made the finals there my senior year in 2010 um, and then I started coaching coached a little bit at Heidelberg went to a D3 school out in Iowa called Buena Vista and then the opportunity at Muskingum came open and so it was about an hour from my parents um, and so I've been here since 2014 I believe nice. as the head coach at Muskingum. Nice. And you're, um, so, oh, you know, mostly from Ohio, right? You said you traveled out. Yeah. But so, all right. So let's get into it right away. Right. We were with this a few days ago, maybe a week ago. Right. Uh, Jason, you're talking about senior nationals, right? You know, it's not too Yeah, talking to, yeah, talking about senior nationals. And then Zach, uh, decided to blow up my Twitter feed and come and come and come get me <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> and you guys have a pet you guys know each other right so it wasn't out of left field right i'm sure that wasn't no it wasn't out of left field usually usually when zach hits me up on twitter or says something to me it's usually positive and it's usually funny but uh today that day he just he decided to come with a little heat yeah <laughs> i was funny and positive <laughs> you were you were so so jason Jason, your, your take is, you know, these off-season tournaments, right, building an impression on coaches, correct? Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, I, I don't think that they're the priority, but I think if if wrestling is your passion, wrestling is your is your vehicle, let's say, if you, if you think you can get to a, a college or, you know, the opportunity to wrestle at a college, I think, you know, some of these national tournaments, uh, especially for high school kids, are important um, to get on the radar. 
I don't think it's the actual thing that you have to have, but I think it gets you on that radar. And that was what I said, like, you know, it's coming up fast. It's time to make an impression because, you know, we've had a couple of Beastmo kids that uh, one just signed um, to go to Northern Illinois. He wrestles for um, Indian Lake. And, you know, he kind of wasn't really recruited, went out there, wrestled really well, then had a good season coming back. And then, boom, he started not getting talked to by D3 schools anymore. It was D2 schools, D1 schools started calling him. So I think if you go out there and you can you can open some eyes and then it opens you up to, to the coaches, I think. All right, coach, and what's your take? Well, um, like I said, well, he said he just quote tweeted um, that NHSCA stuff was coming up soon. And so he's a great opportunity to make an impression. And I said that most coaches aren't as impressed with results. They're more impressed with, I said, work ethic and drilling habits. And so I think we were going back and forth on that. I think um, we talked a little bit afterwards, too. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a difference because of COVID. Um, because there isn't a lot of high school results right now. And so I get a little bit with last year, not having a state tournament. So if you had a kid who maybe wasn't great as a sophomore, didn't get that opportunity as a junior to compete at the state tournaments. And now, you know, kind of some matches a little bit as a senior year, I can see a little bit of that. Um, But for the most part, I still think the the best kids are going to get better. You're going to get noticed, I think is finding workout partners in the wrestling room. And so going to national tournaments and, or national tournaments, whatever, is beneficial for a little bit, but a lot of those are just money grabs. They're just trying to get you to pay $100, $200, $300. I think that money's better invested in even a club like Beast Mode because you're going to get the workout partners, and that's how you're going to get better. And so, I mean, some coaches, obviously, you could place at a tournament like that and not necessarily go D1 or D2 because coaches are looking for a specific style or how you wrestled or a weight class. And so my whole take is more of, you know, impress them during practice, get good grades, do well, you know, in the classroom. And then I think it's a coach's job as well to make sure that coaches are on the radar of these kids. And so like, I see a lot of um, D1 football coaches will be posting, like, you know, looking for recruits in this area. And then their timeline is just blown up with kids that are like, here's my huddle tape. And they're, everyone's just posting all their stuff on there. Recruit me, recruit me. And so I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that's the best route to go for high school kids, but there's a way to get your film in your, your tendencies and things in front of college coaches without having to go to all these different individual national tournaments was kind of my take. Obviously, I think Fargo is important. I mean, I wrestled at the – it was junior nationals. I didn't go to senior nationals that year. Um, but, I mean, I've, I've been to some of those tournaments. And so, yeah, I think some of those are, are decent. Um, but my whole take was always that you don't need to be spending hundreds of dollars to go to a tournament to get noticed by a college coach. Right, right. Yeah, Fargo, obviously, you know, head and, head and shoulders above the rest. and Yeah. I mean, even for us old guys, JB, that senior national is pretty deep, right? Compared to right, compared to what it is now. Huh? Yeah, and compared to what it is now, now you get to now you get to showcase your skills as a freshman all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know, back then when us old timers did it, it was just your senior year. You had to be a placer. You had, I think, you had to place in the top three. Yeah. to even get in. And, I thought it was you know, finalists back in the day, JB. Yeah. Originally, might, it, yeah, it I think might, it kind of. It might, it might, it might have been. Like, it might have been. Uh, Jared obviously wouldn't know that because mm. he was always the finalist. But uh, yeah, but but that's the thing. You 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 say that, and then you talk about Fargo. Fargo's the most expensive tournament to go to. Like that's the most expensive. And right, and two years ago it went up drastically, I believe. Right. I mean, it, right, right. For Ohio they, guys. They do a, yeah, and, and Ohio does a great job. Don't get me wrong. Ohio does a great job with their training facility, like their training facility site that they get, the training that they put in, the people they bring in for their camps. I mean, they do a great job. 
but that's the whole thing with like especially my club we don't make the kids pay to go to those tournaments we help we help them cover it some kids don't pay we pay for them out of our out of our thing i mean it's a we run it as a nonprofit. we don't i don't make any money off of it but you know it's but you say that about huddle film and that's kind of like with wrestling it's hard to gauge how good a kid is off of watching his film i mean because let's be honest especially in high school not everybody is at the same skill set so i can send you a video of me just running through 15 kids in a row that you know maybe three four year wrestlers and i'm a 10 year wrestler and i'm just trashing dudes hitting all kinds of sweet takedowns and looking great showing good technique and then a coach is going to be like well okay but then what well i was a state qualifier but i didn't get to go to the state tournament well that doesn't really tell a coach anything even at the d3 level or it doesn't matter what level i mean if you say hey i beat a two-time state placer from from Pennsylvania, they'd be like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should look at this guy a little bit. And then maybe I'll call his head coach and say, well, what's this guy's grades like? How does he drill? What's his work ethic? I think I that's when I said make an impression. That's what I meant. Like, open someone's eyes and make them look out for you instead of you always calling someone, sending emails, sending tweets, sending videos. Because I don't think you can really get a good gauge off of the video. But how many kids would you say in your – program and you can I mean obviously you're gonna be a little bit biased because I mean they're your kids but how many of those kids are going to the division one level and they're not just dummies that they're actually competing being on a roster competing at a high level and they're not just you know the third string 57 pounder that's going to be a a good drill partner for the guy that's going to be the starter I mean as of right now today we got we got probably two kids that are d1 kids maybe two with the work ethic, like how their talent is, how they like, we have five with the talent, but the work ethic, the drilling, the schoolwork, I mean, we probably got two, mm-hmm. but you know, that's on them. I mean, the, some of them have room to grow still and to figure out if that's really what they want. They want to make wrestling their life because at the D1 level, it's wrestling's your life. You have to make it your life. You have to make it, you know, set your goals and set your daily affirmations, all things like that for wrestling, 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 wrestling. Uh, some kids aren't built that way. I wasn't built that way. I was just fortunate to be super talented. And I got to college and experienced co- <laughs> experience in college. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. So a smaller school, like a, if I could have went to a Heidelberg before, or maybe get, went to Juco route before, mm. uh, I probably would have excelled better. And I, that's what I teach my kids. I'm trying to teach these kids to not look at the D1 level first. Open your mind, expand your brand and look at other places. Don't just think Ohio State's the only stop in America to wrestle at because it's it's not. It's not. But so going back to the, the coaches thing, I'm saying you said you have two kids, so it's not that hard or difficult for you to reach out to coaches because you're not reaching out for 10 or 15 kids on your team saying these are D1 guys. I'm saying you ha- you know you wrestled Division One. You're a great wrestler. So you know who's going to make it and who can't make it. You know the, the lifestyle, the work ethic. So I'm saying that if you have a kid that isn't being highly recruited, that you know can make it at that next level, all it takes is one. You get one kid there, and all of a sudden they pan out because you were right. Then the coach is going to come back to you when you say, hey, I have this kid or that kid. But obviously if you keep saying, oh, this kid's D1, and he goes there and quits, they're going to obviously stop wasting their time. But you know what it takes. So that's what I'm saying is I think if there's – because most clubs don't have 10, 15, 20 kids, and they're out there calling them. I mean, some coaches do because I get those Mm. chain emails from all these coaches about – you know, recruit this kid or that kid. I'm just saying the D1 kid, it's easy for, I mean, not easy, but I'm saying, you know, enough people that 
if there's only one, two, three kids, it's, I think it's relatively easy to reach out to coaches. Hey, we got this diamond in the rough. He's pretty tough. You know, he goes well with this kid or that kid. He's beaten this kid at a tournament because usually kids show a little bit of promise before their senior year. Right. But there you just said it. He beat this kid. So you need a result. I'm saying in, I in can't, practice I can't. matches. Well, in, in a normal year, carry. they're wrestling matches. They're not just, I mean, I, I said before, this is a, outside of a, a COVID year. You don't need to be doing all of this stuff because they're wrestling 30 matches in a regular season. Even, even in, even in a COVID, even out of a COVID year, say we two years ago, if you had a kid that got fifth place at the state tournament, okay, he got fifth, but maybe he, he didn't really beat a standout kid through the year, but he still got fifth. I can't call Kerry Cole out on the phone and be like, Hey, Kerry, I got this kid that got fifth. He really wants to go to the army. And he'd be like, okay, cool. Well, he's a three, six student. He really works hard. Navy, okay, cool. Navy, but he's still, right? Navy. Navy. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Navy. Uh -oh, my bad. Uh -oh, my that's bad. a bad, my that's bad. a bad word, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. At, at Navy, my bad. But, uh, no, but like if, but if I, but if I call him, he's, he's going to want to look at something else. He's going to have to see it for himself. I'm Jason Barnett to carry Colot. He does have, he has no, no idea who I am. He has no idea of my background. He has no idea of anything. He's going to want to see something more than, okay, I got this one-time placer from Ohio that got fit. He needs more than grade point average. He needs more than work ethic and my word, because who am I? He needs to see something else. But if you're putting yeah. kids out continuously, right, then your your brand builds for your club and right. which, your, which, your word which builds. Is a good thing. Yeah, and that's what I have to go with. Like, oh, we had Don Demas. Now we're working towards, you know, Seth Shoemate doing pretty good things in Ohio right now. You know, we have Hayden Daniels that's been in the club, but he goes to other stuff. Like, we have these big-name kids that are coming out. That starts to help, mm -hmm. but still, at the end of the day, you don't see me at tournaments running around saying, hey, I'm the, in front of this program, like, that's not my style. So you're not going to know that I'm running beast mode without you don't see me doing it. Right. So that's kind of my thing. I, I want the kids to do the work. I don't want to do the work. What does that mean? If I'm doing the work for them, they got to put the effort in if it's what they want to do. And you'll assist I them think. to get there. Right. I mean, they say, Hey, I'm yeah. here. Then you, uh, so, so reach out, I right? want to see it. Like I tell kids when we go out to those tournaments, you know, make a resume, put your grade point average, put the stuff that you do, put the other sports that you do you know, put things that you want, think you might want to major in. Like we do all those things with the kids that kind of prepare them. But after that, I mean, it's on you. If the, if you can get an attention, then I'm going to go all for you. I'm going to do whatever I can to put you where in the spot that you want to be or help you go there and guide you in that way and be as brutally honest as I can about where I think you should be. I don't think every kid's a D1 wrestler. That's crazy talk. I mean, especially mm -hmm. with right. the, I mean, the way Central Ohio, especially in Central Ohio, how Central Ohio's wrestling is going right now. Not every kid's a D1 wrestler. So you have to be open and honest and kind of smooth it out with the parents kind of more than you have to do with the kid. The kid knows how good they are. But that, I mean, my whole thing is I think you, you need results. You need some results. I don't think you have to go all over the place all year long and wrestle 75 tournaments, but you have to put the work in. I think you put the work in in practice, but going back to what you're saying, I think Navy's different because of their academic requirements and the people that they can get into the school. But I'm saying like a, maybe like Campbell or cause we were, we were talking afterwards, different schools besides the Mac, but what's stopping a kid who maybe isn't getting recruited to just saying, you know what? I'm the hardest worker in the room. I'm just going to go there. I'm going to walk on that team. I'm going to show them that I'm the baddest dude. You know what I mean? Nothing's stopping the kids. I feel like that the issue is everyone wants that scholarship. Everyone thinks that, you know, I'm a state placer. I'm a state champ. I'm getting this, this full ride. 
Um, it's, it's an ego so, thing, right? It's an ego. Yeah. yeah it's not, I, I they money. do it for the ego instead of the instead of the fit. Yeah. Right. Parents. Well, let's just more be, so I too. Mean, let's just be honest. But let's just be honest with kids that are going to watch this. People that are going to listen to this. Wrestling ain't giving out money like that. Mm-mm. I mean, <laughs> the best wrestlers, the best wrestlers in the country, aren't right. getting money. They may mm-hmm. they may make it look like they're getting money, but they're not getting money. Mm-hmm. So so parents need to know that going in too. Your ego needs to be checked at the door too. One of the hardest working kids I've ever coached. He tried to walk on at Ohio State. He was a three-time state qualifier, a match away from placing, and couldn't walk on. He was, and he ended up being a four-time, what a club All-American, the NCWA, whatever. He wrestled the club team and was a four-time All-American for them, and still couldn't make the team as a walk-on. So, I mean, it, it, I get what you're saying, but that doesn't mean you get to just walk in a room. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't mean well, that. I know. I also know someone that went to Ohio State as. A was on the club team and got elevated to the varsity and then ended up wrestling a couple of duels for Ohio State. And so there's different situations for everyone, depending on the program needs. Um, obviously, if they get depleted out of weight class, but I'm just saying that not everyone needs And some kids that do get recruited end up, you know, basically getting cut. They're going to take away their money. They don't want them on the team. I mean, so it can go either way. I'm just saying that kids can also just if they think I'm going to Okie State, you know what I mean? They can then put your mind to it and, and make it happen. It's kind of but, my whole thing. But, but you don't necessarily need to be wrestling or spending two, three, four hundred dollars going to all these different tournaments is just because, I, again, I think that it's more it's better invested if it's in again, in the practice room. And I think that if they're getting in a good room, then they're going to figure out that I don't necessarily belong at this school or that school because the kids that are going there are giving them that work. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I, I mean, really, like say push, I only, we only push our kids for two things. We push them to go to, we push them to go to the senior nationals or high school nationals now. And we push them to go to Fargo because those are the two that are going to get you noticed. Those are the two that people look at those are the two where college coaches are at. I mean, those are the two that are going to get you even a shot, like even a shot. You're correct. Like it's not for everybody. It's not, but you, I mean, you have to go to something. You can't like, there's not many kids now, especially like you said, Okie state, John Smith's come out and said, he will never recruit anyone that has never wrestled at Fargo. He will never do it. He will never do it. So some schools like that, you're just X'd out. I, I don't know too many kids now that are getting that, that don't just that don't wrestle at all in the off season. You have to put in. I mean, just because you practice, that's not going to get you your results. You think that's going to get you the results just because you put in work? No, just I'm saying you that you're going to go to every. So you can go to Super Thirty Two, go to Flow Nationals. We're going to um, Fargo. You're going to Super Thirty Two. You're going to. I'm saying that there's all these huge mm-hmm. tournaments that are now increasing in price and it keeps going up and it keeps going up and everyone's like, Oh, you got to go to this tournament. You got to go to that tournament. So you just said, my guys, I go to these two. Well, flow nationals and super 32, I would say is probably bigger. Now. I would say that the competition is probably better there than it is at junior senior nationals. That's true. And that's why, and that's why I only took one kid to super 32. Actually, no, that's all. That's false. I had three kids that went to super 32. Not every kid on the, in the in the club is, t- is saying, "Hey, hey, buddy, you should go to Super Thirty Two. It'll be great. You should do it." No, we got you got those you got those two two or three kids that have the skill set to go out there and perform and win matches. One of the kids is ranked second in the state right now and went two and two at Super Thirty Two. So you're not going to tell a kid that everybody go to Super Thirty Two. 
Right. Now there's people out there that do that. You're absolutely right. And that, and that's kind of my thing with clubs in general is it's, it's people's careers. People are setting up clubs to have a career out of being a club coach. Those are the people that are out here that will push to go to all these tournaments to make that extra money because that's how they make their money. And I don't agree with that, but that's, I mean, you can't knock somebody's hustle either. No, I'm just, that was just my thing is I don't think that you need to be going to all these different things. Like I said, I went probably, I think I went two and two at Fargo. Um, You know what I mean? And I was a runner up as a junior. So, I mean, some schools were, some max schools were calling and things like that. Um, But like my body of work outside of that wasn't like I was an amazing rock star type of a person. Again, I just think you don't need to invest hundreds and hundreds of dollars it's almost like basketball aau where they feel like they got to put all this right. stuff in there i would myself like my whole point is just i would rather in, instead of going to these tournaments invest money in a good in a a good club so that then you're gonna get better reps in practice because i think that's where you get better you don't get better in a match because you revert back to the same stuff that you've always done but so that would be my whatever it's appearance is just you know instead of thinking oh we got to spend 300 bucks to go to this tournament or we got to do that you know, you might want to look at going to a club where there's going to be a better coaching than what you probably have in high school and be better workout partners. Cause that's where you're going to get better. That's the only reason that I was, I would say a decent wrestler to begin with is when you walk into a wrestling room that has Jason Johnstone and Steve Luke and Dustin Schlater and up, right. Thomas Strawn. And I mean, I can go on and on about all the guys that were, you know what I mean? State champs and then went on national champs, national qualifiers. And it's because you see that work ethic in the room. It's like, Holy crap. If I want that. I got to do this. And so that's my whole. What did, but what did those it. dudes do? But what did those dudes do? They wrestled all the time, well, all but, the time. But you guys are all from tournaments. programs, right? That had uh, almost a club mentality, right? You're both both your guys' rooms were, you know, up here, right? Mm-hmm. So true. You know, some... But I also never wrestled. I never wrestled outside of wrestling season. Oh really? See, I didn't do a whole lot either, to be honest. And that, you know, I was the oldest <laughs> oldest one through, and my dad, you know, didn't. You know, yeah, I mean, my I, brothers I, wrestled I, freestyle. I, I played football. You know, yeah. not like I, mean, football. I wrestled my first. I wrestled my first freestyle match at University Nationals in 2002, and I walked out and wrestled Jared and walked out and wrestled Jared Lawrence the first match. Like and that's my that's yeah. my first that's my first match ever right. freestyle. Like right. I didn't I didn't that's why I said I I wasn't one of those guys. So like I played three sports. So I was always in the summertime was baseball season. My dad was all he broke them all down football season football season wrestling season wrestling season baseball season baseball season and you're playing all three because you we want you to be all around good athletes right that's what it was right so i i get it you can get yeah. like i was proof you can get recruited and not go to anything yeah but you better have one hell of a credentials of high school and work ethic like, that, like coach miser said right coach you're saying you got to have that work ethic and you know, put the work in and don't need to go. So I guess your message, coach, coach advisor, that, you know, if you're not surrounded by a good club, don't start chasing tournaments, go ch- find Correct. that club that you can fit in, that you're going to get guidance. Right. We, we have plenty of them in Ohio. Shoot. We have plenty in central Ohio. Right. You guys want to talk about that a little bit? Central Ohio, I think in a couple, I mean, it's, it's, it's come a long way in the last five, 10 years, I think. It absolutely has. And, you know, I and I think that's why we're going to start seeing a switch and a shift in the talent in Columbus is because a lot of these guys have a bunch of places to wrestle at. The next thing we got to do is get Central Ohio coaches on board. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of the coaches are very they hold on tight to their kids. 
they hold on tight to them. Territorial, so, right? Yeah. So, like, when a kid wants to venture out and go do something, especially you're talking to one of the most hated dudes in Central Ohio, like, they'll be like, you want to go, we're going to go to beast mode. And coaches are like, hell no, you ain't going. Because, you know, they think that, you know, whatever they think, I don't know. But it benefits to bounce around. It benefits to learn different styles. It benefits to learn from, you know, Bracken Mead's going to show you something that I might not show you. Moran's definitely going to show you stuff that I'm not going to learn. Ross Thatcher's going to show you stuff that I don't know. Logan Stieber knows a whole lot of stuff. Moran knows a whole lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of places in Columbus right now to get kids good. It's just some of the coaches got to let the, let the range loose and let these kids bounce around and, and get coached. It's a balancing act too, though, right? You don't want to bounce too much and you don't have an identity. Go ahead. Yeah, go. true. And that, and that's like, that's my kind of thing yeah. with, with clubs in general is sometimes you don't really have a kid long enough to teach them an identity or teach a philosophy. It's kind of just like, you know, summer camps where you kind of go through some moves here and there and then you let them wrestle and just try to touch up their technique while they're in there. It's kind of hard. That's the big thing. So, Jay, do you think that coaches are like that because they're worried that because you coach at Kaufman too, that like, oh, boy, he's going to start poaching some of these kids to come in and wrestle? Because obviously I think wrestlers develop a good relationship with their coaches for the most part. And so if yeah. they see it with their club coach, you know what I mean? And so like at Perry, we always had – Riggs was always there. He was the guy that did everything. And so there wasn't a need for that. But I could just – you know what I mean? You could see where a coach would be like, oh, man, he's going to build this great relationship with him. He's a good dude. And then all of a sudden now their their stud's going to be thinking about transferring to Kaufman. I don't even know the transfer stuff for you guys. No, no. well, there, I mean, to be to go to Dublin Kaufman, you have to live in the district. Like there's no open enrollment. There's open nothing like that. Like a lot of schools have, especially up north, even I mean, private schools awesome. in Central Ohio too, right? You got to live in the district for the private school. Yeah, even private schools have yeah. borders and stuff. So, it, I mean, you can't just bounce around. I can't just walk into a kid and be like, hey, come to Dublin Kaufman. I mean, Kaufman is a pretty pricey area to live. So, I mean, a lot of families aren't just going to be able to up and move their whole lives and just buy a house in Dublin. I mean, you may be truthfully honest and say what I really want to say, or you want me to be. That's what we're here for. Let's go. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if you're if you're so worried about just say if you're worried about me coaching your kid and you think he's gonna leave then you need to work harder mm-hmm. then you need to do you need to, you need to do more you need to get on flow wrestling learn more technique you need to learn more stuff if you think I'm gonna steal your kid learn more get better at coaching do more things put more effort out show your kid that you're there for them to get better and be better if a kid leaves a program it's because he thinks somewhere else is better Mm-hmm. somewhere else is going to get him to his goal so if that's what you think i'm doing then outwork us outwork me outwork colin outwork someone like outwork those guys don't sit back and complain that's what i love about northern ohio they don't the coaches don't sit around at a tournament and go well you know what man that kid was in my program when he was in fifth grade and then he mm-hmm. left and went to perry that's bull crap no they go work they go yeah. they coach kids up yeah. they get them I, better I, my kids you know I, i'm saying go to burnett's man you know go go wrestle there. obviously go we're ahead. a small program but you know up here in you know north central how you know we're pretty but i think i think you're right too with you know us coming from all three of us came from three high highly profiled programs and you know i think so we kind of have those things where we were fortunate enough to be at at good places when when they were firing on all cylinders so, I mean, Perry's still doing the thing like they always been. I think the Catholic schools are falling on hard times with enrollment and things like that. But, you know, 
that's what I said. You just got to work. You got to work. Do you care about coaching wrestling? Are you in it to coach the kids? Then coach them up. Don't worry about what I'm doing. Don't worry right. about what the next guy's doing. Work your, right. work your butt off. Right. Right. So, so coach miser. So what's your take on central high, right? You, uh, come from Perry and that's a little different, right? We were just talking about enrollment, but they had open what statewide enrollment, right? So that's a little different, a little different uh, scenario it there. Was, but... I don't know if it still is. I'm assuming that it's, it still is, but I mean, it was, I remember when I was there, um, I mean, we had kids that, I mean, we had a couple kids from Akron that would drive down for, for stuff. So it was uh, a wide array of, of kids that ended up there. Like I said, but that was back in 2004 or five, so that was a while ago. Um, but yeah, but I think going back to his, he is, I would say, even when it comes to, to college, I would say that some of those central Ohio coaches seem to be tight gripped with who or what schools are going to let them even look at. Cause I know before, like we've reached out to some places and haven't had the, the most success in, and I'm just saying we're trying to get like kids contact information, not that they're not sending us kids. I'm just trying to reach out and kind of introduce ourselves and things. And so I think a lot of times they look at it as like, well, no, th this kid won't fit in well for you guys. He's, you know, he's from Columbus. I'm like, we're an hour away. It's not that, that big of a deal. Like, and so I feel like that there's so much talent in, in Columbus. I think that it is getting better and better. Like he said, with all these programs, I think it's improving greatly. And so I think that some of the coaches, need to like, Hey, you know, there's more to, I would say to wrestling or even to, to Ohio than just Columbus to kind of spread your, your wings a little bit um, and get out there. Cause again, there's some good kids that are wrestling in the state of Ohio in that area that aren't even wrestling in college or that they go for a year or they're, oh, I'm just going to go to Ohio States. Like there's just so many kids that have the talent and the ability to wrestle at D2, D3, NAI. I mean, there's all sorts of, of options for kids. And it seems like, and I don't know if it's just the way that the kids are. I mean, I mean, Jay, you're a Columbus kid. Like, I mean, and obviously you still live in the area. Like, is there just something about Columbus that gets kids to not want to leave the area? But it just seems like there's a lot of good kids that are in there that then all of a sudden it's like time to graduate. And then it's all of a sudden they're a year later they're back to, you know what I mean? The same place that they've been for the last 18 years. Yeah, it's the mentality. I mean, Columbus is really good at basketball. Columbus is really good at football. And a lot of these kids go through their school and they see their buddies all get D1 scholarships to go play football. Buckeye brainwash, right? Brainwash yeah. Buckeyes, right? I mean, yeah, but it's not even just Buckeyes, but they yeah. see all these kids go and play football in Mac schools. They see all these kids going to play football and basketball at all these schools. And they're like, well, why am I not getting a Division One scholarship? Mm -hmm. Like, why can't I wrestle Division One? I think I can go D1. Back to the ego thing, right? Yeah, it's back to the ego. And people don't realize, well, there's 132 Division One football teams. There's 200 Division One basketball teams. Right. I mean, if Pepper, right. if Pepperdine if Pepperdine had a wrestling team, it'd be Division Three. I mean, like there's it, 3,000 people enrollment. So like you know, if those so like kids got to get out of that mentality. Like I preached JUCO. I think JUCO was great. JUCO was one of the best things I ever did. Um, it grew me up in the classroom. It grew me up. Mature. It matured me. It especially got me better at wrestling with the room that I was in at Iowa Central. I mean, so. I, I try to get kids that way. Like, Hey, you know, coaches like to see this stuff. You don't got the grades. Hey, look at this route. There's so many JUCOs that you could go to. There's so many D3 schools that you can go to. It's like, you know, give that a shot. Don't just give up just because you're like, I ain't get a D1 scholarship. So I'm just not going to wrestle. Like right. I, right. like I, I think that's, I mean, that's crazy. Right. Well, 
I don't think we you guys mentioned this. Jay, you were what third JUCO? Were you yeah. Third? Yeah, yeah. Coach, Coach Miser, were you runner up? Yeah. At uh at Heidelberg? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So I mean, right, you guys had success, right? Um, you know, at it wasn't you know, D1, but at the end of the day, that you're you're a college athlete, <laughs> you know, there's no reason, you know, it, people aren't asking what division was that right outside of wrestling, right? It's an well, evil, well, right? <laughs> yeah. Me and Miser had those talks when, you know, like when especially in my dark days of cutting all that weight when I was with him, I was sitting there talking to him and my whole thing was like, you know, I would always be like, Man, you know, people give D three such a hard time, but the wrestling's tough. You know, the kids are tough. And I was like, but at the end of the day, the trophy's the same. <laughs> but like the, the the thing you get at the end of the day is the right. same one that you're gonna see the D one guy get. It's the same one. Right. So when someone sees you later on in life, they'd be like, Hey, that dude was an NCAA All American. They're not gonna say Division One NCAA All American, Division Two NCAA All American. They're gonna say, Hey, that dude was an NCAA All American a couple times. He was an NCAA scholar athlete. Like those are big deals. Like those are things that you should strive for, and just don't give up on those goals because it's not at the highest level. Mm-hmm. I mean, dudes still go play minor league baseball. Right, right. They, you're, don't, you're, they just don't quit because <laughs> the degree doesn't say Division Three on it when you're applying it you know, for a job. Right, right, exactly. I mean, those dudes at Mount Union winning all those football rings, they look just like Ohio State. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, you could even argue, right? Zach, that uh, I mean, D three sometimes tougher than D two, right? I mean, I I would say, I mean, NAIA D two, D three. I mean, there's, I would say, I mean, it's relatively close because you look at like Warburg. Warburg is Division one powerhouse or Division three powerhouse that hangs with and sometimes beats the D two champ. And so, I mean, we went to a tournament. I remember the Wheaton tournament, a D three tournament, and Parkside used to go. And so D two, and they had, I remember the one year, I think they had five or six kids in the finals of this tournament, but they finished like top five um, as a team in the nation there. So there's, I think good wrestling is good wrestling. You're going to find it anywhere. Like, I'm not saying that I think I could have been a division one all American, but I think that in the right situation, I could have been competitive in matches against division one people. And so I think that's what people walk into a D three room sometimes where they see D three and they're like, Oh boy, I'm going to crush these kids. And why do I think that's because that was my mentality when I went to division three, I walked in, I was like, I'm going to kill everyone. Like, I think I'm going to be the baddest dude on the planet. Cause I went to Perry and I thought I was, you know, the, the man. So I was like, Oh, this D three, I'm going to be awesome. And then my first wrestle off my freshman year, I lost 15 to two. And I was like, Oh boy. We're and Joe Flug and Joe Flug was in the room. Yeah, so Joe Flug was one that beat me, fifteen to two, and I was like, "All right, I'm not good at wrestling anymore. I gotta get back to work." Yeah. Oh man, yeah, he was tough. So he still and, is and, tough. <laughs> yes, and he's an outlier, but still, there's yeah. good kids at Division three. I know that Joey went Division one um, out of high school, but I'm saying, but those kids, I mean, especially more often now, you're seeing a trickle down of kids that start out at Division one or Division two, and it doesn't work for whatever reason. And here you are at division three or division two, Joey Davis, you know what I mean? Obviously a D one talent that went division two at Notre Dame. And so there's plenty of people that I think that are good enough probably to go division one, but for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, mentality or whether sometimes it's just class size, kids think they're going to get lost. They're not going to go to class at a division one school. Mm -hmm. So they hunker down and look at a division three school, but there's still really good competition um in a division three environment it's just not nearly as deep i would say as division one where you look at a a national tournament sometimes and 
you're like, oh man, like last year at 33, if they would have wrestled it, it would have been insane. It would have been awesome to see the division one national finals at 133. Usually the depth like that isn't there in division three, but those top two or three guys, I mean, you just saw, I mean, Sterling just did, I mean, he wrestled um, RB. RBY. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, he just wrestled him. And then right. obviously they did jujitsu, but I want to say, he might have took second, third, fourth. I don't think that he won it at Cortland. I don't remember because he was a year older than me. But just, I mean, and I know he's been out of it and it was a little bit of a different thing, but obviously he's still tough. You know what I mean? Right. He didn't wrestle Division <laughs> One, And so right. there's just things where there's there's great talent at Division Three. Riley LeFever was a four-time champ. He was training at Nittany Lion Wrestling Club now. I mean, so there's plenty of good. Joe Rao makes the, the world team in Greco and he went to Elmhurst. I mean, there's just so many kids that are wrestling Division Three that's, are still really freaking good that sometimes people just get that in their mind that, Oh, it's division three and they pay to wrestle. They're not very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say the kids that wrestle at division three love wrestling more because they're right. actually paying money right. to go and wrestle in college. Right. I mean, Turvell sure. another one, right? Another central how guy yeah. Turvell and his, you know, his accomplishments. So no, I think you guys are hitting the nail on the head and uh, you know, these parents need to hear that. Right. You know, it's, it's not a, you know, I was talking with, um, you know Tanner Sewell. You know a couple episodes ago, and you know the, the the misconceptions that parents have. You know they they're not thinking big enough, or you know they they don't understand the process of getting to college and and what it takes. Um, and in being having the right fit, there's so many things, right? Do they have a guy at 141? Well, why are you going there if you're going to be a backup for four or five years? You know, just to say you're a D1 athlete and you can be competing, getting an education. And, and being in the right spot. So no, that RBY uh, Sterling, that, I mean, that's, I don't know. I've had a few conversations. I think that, you know, maybe the ticket or a way for our sport to grow. I think we need more crossover like that. We have these RTCs and then we have these MMA gyms, right? They're, they're both a top tier athletes. They're trying to train. Right. And I think that that might help if there's some more crossover like that, you know, training wise, you know, you share the funds, you share the facilities, right it's not, it's not, not cheap to run a facility, right? It's, it's, it, you know, there's some, yeah. So you start working together and you have these crossroads, you know, MMA, you know, we know wrestlers translate real well. So um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think there's something there. You know, I've had a conversation a few, few times, but there's something there. I do. I do too. And I think, I think flow does is doing a great job with doing those special matchups and things that they're doing, but I think that they should do something in the off season with, the D2 guys and the D3 guys and the NAI guys, like the top three guys, bring them in and put them on a card. Let mm-hmm. them compete against some of these D1 guys and let kids see how, like, hey, if let's just say RBY wrestles a kid from D2 and he beats him by three points, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, oh, dang. Who's okay, this guy? Right. That, who's this guy? This guy's mm-hmm. pretty good. And, I mean, it doesn't have to be national champ versus national champ. Just let them wrestle a pretty tough, you know, D1 guy that's good and a, a d1 a national champ from d2 or d3 let them wrestle let them wrestle those guys and let them see i mean it, it let people see it on national scale because that's the only way they're going to see it and they used to do that way back in the day where they let the national champs wrestle each other right so like bring something back bring some bring some guys back and let that happen right right which what, what's your take zach and uh no i think that would be awesome like you said kind of after season two um Again, I think just getting it, I would be even fine with if they were do more cards like they just did when you're going back to like the MMA type of thing. If they would do a period of folk style or do a match of that and then do five or 10 minutes of, you know, like no striking type of stuff, like who wouldn't pay money to watch 
Burroughs do that against, I mean, I'm trying to think, Habib, maybe. I mean, who wouldn't pay? <laughs> They're talking about it, right? They're talking about I mean, it. I mean, it'd be the hugest pay-per-view right. ever because the wrestling I mean? freaks would come out. And these old guys that are, you know, not on the Olympic ladder will come out, right? We have uh, what, Flieger and Dubuque tomorrow night, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're my age. I'm like, heck no, man. It's, that, that nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Obviously, they're nah. a different level. They're a different level, after, right? But, uh, after 30, after 30, yeah. it's a done deal, buddy. Right, right, right. So, no, I think we're in a good spot, you know, considering, you know, COVID, uh, you know, really blessed with Rockfin and Flo putting on these cards, you know, giving us fans, you know, those, those outlets. And I mean, you're seeing it, right. Floyd and Connor and box. And right now you have Askren coming up. I don't know if that's official, if they're still, that's still on with, was it Logan Paul or Jake Paul or something like that? Um, you know, you're seeing these crossover matches and, you know, that's what people want to see. No one cares about a belt anymore in MMA, right. They want to see these super matches and no. see the unseen. Right. So um, I guess as coaches, what have you guys learned? Um, you know, we talked about the big tournaments and, and you know, having that impression, right. Having that pre- impression on people. But uh, what, what have you guys learned, I guess, from COVID as a coach? Go ahead, Zach. Um, I mean, more of even like right now, it's still adapting on the fly. I mean, it's, we're supposed to compete for the first time this year on Sunday. I mean, we're on conference calls. I mean, we're on all sorts of stuff, just mm-hmm. trying to get these kids to, to get out there and actually get to compete. Um, I mean, I think a lot of times we take it for granted, at least I think that some of the guys on our team did. I know I did. I'm just thinking that every winter here comes wrestling season. And then all of a sudden it just got shut down. And we're like, oh, what do we do now? And then um, I think it really put some emphasis on, I would say, the individual to get some work in because there was a lot of TV's going crazy. Um, there was a lot of kids that didn't have anywhere to go in the offseason. Like Jay was saying that, you know, they couldn't go into the Kaufman room and do anything. Um, and so there's a lot of kids that couldn't find rooms. And so you, you kind of have to adapt there in that situation of, you know, whether it's, I remember whenever I was little, I used to just do stance in motion in the backyard. Like I would just do that for, for two minutes at a time because the period was two minutes. And so just things like that where kids have to adapt. And as a coach, you're hoping that these kids are doing it in the off season. Um, but right now there wasn't anything that they could go and, and get better at because everything was, was closed. And so I know for us, it was like trying just to stay in contact with kids. Um, I know, with our kids on our team, I reached out and we had like a, a push-up competition to see who could do the most for, I want to say it was April maybe. Um, and so I think one of the, I think the most I did in a month was 5,200 or something. Um, you did? But just, oh, you did that? I did that. Well, I, I tried to beat them. I mean, okay, still, good. that's good. That's I, cool. I can't, let, I can't let these college kids beat me. Come on now. Come on, show out, right? Are you Ron <laughs> yeah. Burgundy, Ron Burgundy. I don't know if you heard it. I said a thousand. <laughs> Yeah, this is a thousand. <laughs> no, so so no, you're right though. It 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 falls back on the discipline of the, the kid, right? Um yeah. so you guys competing this Sunday, you said first time. Where can people yeah. find that Muskegon on your website or what is it gonna be live? Um and so what? we're we're wrestling at um Baldwin Wallace, and so they're supposed to have that live stream okay. there, but again, because everything's so crazy now, right. we were in a conference call today about what it's like trying to get this this stream going up, and so I'm hoping that we'll have that but yeah it'd probably be on um what would it be musky sports um something the oac has an app too but i don't know if it'll be on there okay. um we're trying it's going to be through track so it's probably easier you can just search oh, it yeah. on track just um baldwin wallace um oac duels is what it's called um but yeah i mean we're just excited to get the kids on the mats um because it's awesome. been a long time i mean 
Awesome. Awesome. Heck February. Yeah. yeah, it's been a minute, right? Well, good for you months. guys. Good for you guys. That has to be a be exciting getting going. So, what about you? What about you, Jason? What What have you have you learned? Uh, I mean, you really you just learn which kids want it at the high school level, like which which kids really want to compete, which kids you know really take wrestling seriously, and like you said, it, it kind of held the kids accountable for once. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a rough time for high school kids. You know, they they don't get to see their friends. You know, they don't in class. You know, somewhere on you know, so it's kind of stressful on them mentally doing those things, but you kind of see which kids have that mental toughness and can and battle through some things. And like I said, who really want to, who really want to wrestle. I mean, that's, that's kind of what you see. And like you said, the discipline and, you know, every day it was, we were drilling with masks on. Now we're drilling with masks off. All the coaches have the mask on and now put your mask back on. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're going to wrestle with masks on in some places. Like, you know, it's kind of, like you said, a revolving door of different things and how it changes on the daily and, you know, staying on your toes and, rolling with the punches and I think that's a good it's a great lesson for these high school kids to learn with growing up and what life's going to hit them with in the next couple years when they grow up is you know life isn't just so easy you don't get to wake up every day and you know know your schedule you don't know what you're going to have going on that day so I mean it's a good learning point for the kids you know it kind of sucks you know last year for some of the seniors and you know, this year for the seniors, if we don't get to do it again, like, I mean, who knows? We're still in limbo. We don't know right. what we're doing. We don't know what's going on with districts. They're talking about certain things. They're talking about having it in Columbus in a high school. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what's going on. So it's kind of it's kind of at a crazy moment, and you just try to keep the kids focused. You got to see what kids are focused and what kids keep working, and that really want to you know see this thing through. Right, right. It's uh, control the controllables, you know, and if anything, right. Some, I tell my kids, you know, I coach also, you know, it, it, it's on you right now. It, you're, you know, it's on you. You know, some of these kids are sitting at home and not putting that extra work in, you know, it's an, you know, and in some ways it's easier to get ahead of the usual, you know, the, those guys cutting, cutting corners or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's uh, a, yeah. it's a, uh, we'll see what, we'll see what happens here. So anything else you guys want to talk about before we jump off? No, I think we're good. I think yeah. Zach got it today. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, first time I told Jay I would do this, I want to give a shout out to Peak Performance. They made our shirts for our national oh, okay. qualifier um, 2019. Um, I know the guy that that runs that. Um, so, Jay, if you want to give him your, your contact on that, I set you right up for it. There you go. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. No, I do, some things, on the, I do some things on the side with, with uh, singlets, T-shirts, and, you know, things like that. So, if anybody wants to hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I got embrace the climb.com is the, is the website. So uh, yeah, I just make it everything affordable. So, you know, nice. some teams can't afford the rudest. Some teams can't afford, you know, 15 things. They have smaller numbers and I just accommodate them as best as I can. Nice. Like you said earlier, you got to appreciate the hustle, right? Got to appreciate. Yeah. You got to appreciate the hustle. I'm, yeah. We're trying to do 17 different things over yeah. here. Good man. I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Well, thanks guys. I still, like I said, we need to get you back on separately, but I thought it'd be good to get you both on here a little different format and uh, anything else you guys want to, you know, you know, debate, discuss uh, on Twitter and then uh, in person, I guess uh, via zoom, you know, you guys hit me up and we can jump back on. So I appreciate it. Best of luck the rest of your season, fellas. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you.